ladies and gentlemen. This is QC Fantasy. My name is Graham Rogers. Today, joined by Chris Hayes, our redraft expert. Chris, how are you doing? Ready to go. Excited. Talk some redraft. Yeah, we uh, every single time inching closer and closer to the season. Know a lot of people out there are starting to get into their drafts, their home leagues, all that fun stuff. Obviously, we've been working on this for a while now. I've been drafting for a couple of months in best ball, but interested to kind of talk redraft and give some people insights that hopefully can help them win home leagues. But before we do that, let's dive into some NFL news. So really the biggest thing on the docket since you know our last episode was the Deshaun Watson suspension. So it came out, updated from this six-game suggestion that came down, the appeal by the NFL, now at 11 games, conveniently in time for Cleveland's bye week, followed by a game against the Houston Texans, of course. Uh, so some good, some good strategy there by the NFL, some marketing, get that game on TV, get viewership, all that fun stuff. So... Uh, Chris, what do you think about the suspension, about the timing, and any interest, even though that's going to cut it real close to playoffs, with Deshaun Watson or anyone else on the Cleveland offense? I think he's interesting in best ball, for sure. Um, but for redraft, I'm I'm certainly not touching him with that 11-game suspension. You know, I mean, it'd be great if you could draft him and, you know, you were confident that you were going to make the playoffs, but you also have to make a, you know, make the playoffs and redraft. Um, so I'm not touching him in redraft, and you know I'm just happy this is this is all over now, um, so that we can we can move on and adjust accordingly. Yeah, yeah, looking forward to having news notes other than Deshaun Watson and everything going on. So, yeah, I mean, like you mentioned, if you're going to draft him in redraft, you think about opportunity cost, what wide receiver, running back, tight end, other quarterbacks you're not drafting in that position that can help you through the first 12 weeks of the season to get into the playoffs that Deshaun Watson just isn't going to. And so I'm, I'm not sure it's worth it, especially depending on when your playoffs start in your league. So, um, but without further ado, tip for the note, news. We'll keep it short and on to Chris's quarterback redraft rankings. Before we get going into rankings, do want to kind of touch on, you know, our last ranking shows we've gone through have been best ball drafts. And do want to kind of differentiate because a lot of people think they are similar or you want to draft the same way, which I, I would caution people from doing so because in best ball, you're not worried about setting a lineup. So no matter what, if I have three wide receivers that score 15 points and the rest of my wide receivers score five, the three guys with 15 points will automatically be inserted in my lineup. So I'm not particularly concerned about volatility or consistency. I am looking for spike weeks and hoping that they are alternating where in redraft, as we all know, you want to have your, you know, depending on your league settings, nine, 10 guys that you are placing in your starting lineup intentionally that are going to give you the best chance to win. So you have to look a little bit more in redraft at players floors rather than just hoping for their ceiling like you can in best ball since you're actually setting your lineup uh, week in and week out and needing to outscore your opponent where again in best ball especially a lot of these large tournaments it's just season-long points that tally up as you go forward no win-loss records uh, so 
very different strategies when it comes to drafting, which we'll talk more about. Um, but I do want to let Chris, after that, kind of touch on the strategy in Superflex, where you have the option to play two quarterbacks in your starting lineup versus a single quarterback league. And Chris, where are you looking in terms of, do you want guys that are more volatile in one versus the other versus just trying to find a safe floor? Uh, and what's the strategy and differences between those two options? So I'll start with uh, with single quarterback leagues. Um, usually my strategy when it comes to, to sing, you know, if you're only starting one quarterback in, in a league, um, I usually, I'm usually always waiting, waiting on quarterback um, un, until at least close to the end of the draft. Like I want to build, I want to build depth, and I want, I want skill positions at, uh, at, you know, for my rosters. Um, because in the end, like, like having an elite quarterback can make a difference, but most of the time, their average points per game is usually pretty similar by by the end of the season. Um, so just in my first redraft this year that I did a few weeks ago, I waited on quarterback. I was taking running backs, receivers, um, and I ended up taking Trey Lance in round 10, um, who's my high upside uh, quarterback play there. And then immediately after in round 11, I took Kirk Cousins. So for, in terms of that strategy, I went high upside with, with Lance and really more of a safe floor. Um, and consistent play with Kirk Cousins, who's still capable of having big games. But in that league, it's also only four points per passing touchdown, which means rushing quarterbacks are, are just more valuable in, um, in that specifically. So I wanted the rushing upside, but Kirk Cousins provides me a nice floor if anything ever happened to, to Lance. So that's my strategy. I know a lot of people that will attack quarterback early, you know, with Allen, Herbert, and Mahomes, like those are the elite of the elite. And they're usually going in rounds three or four this year, which, I mean, if you want that elite quarterback, you're going to have to draft those guys in rounds three and four, but at the detriment of, of, uh, of the rest of your, you know, potentially, uh, the rest of your, your, uh, your team. For Superflex, Superflex is really interesting. So most people will attack quarterback early. Like Josh Allen could go number one overall in super in a lot of Superflex leagues this year. Um, it all depends on what you want to do, though. So one of my favorite uh, fantasy football analysts, his name is Jeff Ratcliffe on uh, on SiriusXM. He he employs a very interesting strategy. So he always waits until they're ten quarterbacks off the board and then he will attack quarterback so he's consistently tracking um how many quarterbacks are coming off the board so once 10 are off the board he'll start attacking but until then he's loading up on on skill positions that's probably not what i would do um but it also depends where i'm drafting from um like if i have the number one overall pick in a in a super flex like i'm gonna take josh allen mostly because i'm a homer but He's also, you know, he's he's my number one uh, ranked quarterback. So, and attack it early, or you can, you know, adopt a different strategy like waiting and then attacking later. So, yeah, those are, those are really the big, I'll, I'll... the big hitting points. Yeah, and I think you hit good points. Like with the single QB stuff, you're talking about teams carrying two quarterbacks. You know, there's not as much position scarcity, so you don't have to pay up. I do like your thought process of, hey, let me take a shot on one of these guys, like a Trey Lance or somebody that we're not as sure about, even if it's a Trevor Lawrence just from performance last year, because 
if it doesn't pan out, you've still got on your bench or another player to plug in as, you know, maybe a Kirk Cousins, a Derek Carr, uh, mm-hmm. someone along those lines who is a little bit more consistent that you can plug in. And worst case scenario, if your high-end quarterback just doesn't perform, you can drop him and there are quarterbacks that are going to be on the waiver one. So I think you definitely have more options in single quarterback where you don't you don't have to pay up and you can maybe take a risk with one of your quarterbacks while having somebody else that has just a higher floor but maybe not as high of a ceiling. So and then with the Go ahead. Yeah, I just I also want to touch on like if you do if you're investing in Allen Herbert, Mahomes, Burrow, Hurts, Lamar, any of those high end guys, high end quarterbacks, like you you don't need to draft another quarterback in a, in a single quarterback league, like for their bye week, I mean, you can just pick someone off waivers. But when you invest in a in a high level quarterback, you know, it's usually my strategy is I won't take another quarterback for my bench. Like if they get hurt, they get hurt. But I also like I don't I don't need like a Tua or a Jameis to back up like an Allen or Herbert. Like I will. If I take one of those guys, I'm not drafting another quarterback for the rest of the time. And then for super flex, you want minimum three quarterbacks on your roster. So, but you know, you need to plan that out in redraft. And if you're in an auction league and you're in a super a super flex auction league, you know, make sure you're budgeting for three quarterbacks um, because you you need you you really need three. Yeah, I love you tying it back into our last episode that Taylor and I did just talking about auction draft. But yeah, I'd agree with you. If you pay up for one of those top guys, I mean, again, on on waivers, you're probably still going to be able to get if Mitch Trubisky is still the starter in Pittsburgh. Daniel Jones will be there. You mentioned Jameis may still be there in some leagues, depending on how he starts the season. So just stream for that one bye week and you're taking the risk that that quarterback stays healthy. But when you pay up for one of those guys, that's. That's what you want to do. I mean, you're shooting high end. And then for the for the super flex, it is interesting to see the different approaches, if people will wait or not. Like you mentioned, if you are in a 12-team league super flex and everybody's trying to keep three quarterbacks, you're talking about teams having 36 quarterbacks off the board. And obviously, we know there mm-hmm. aren't 36 starters out there in the league. So I would caution people to really pick your spots and try not to wait too long because you may end up with, you know, a Drew Locke or a Desmond Ritter or a Kenny Pickett, some of these quarterbacks that, yes, they may end up the starter by the end of the year, but there's no guarantee. And then you're going to be in a hole in those weeks when you have bye weeks. And luckily, you'll have the option to plug in a wide receiver, running back, someone like that. But obviously, doesn't have that high end option for points in terms of scoring like a quarterback does in in most leagues. Keep an eye on bye weeks as well in super flex leagues for for your quarterbacks. You don't you, you really don't want three quarterbacks for the same bye week. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a great point. Keep an eye on that um, so that you you really don't end up in a in a hole and trying to backfill with just one QB. Um, again, that's kind of the worst case scenario in some of these super flex leagues where there's just a lot of value at the quarterback position and a lot of points being scored. So just a couple things to, to touch on there for people to think about. I, I don't mind waiting on QB and super flex, but you've got to make sure you get three and three that are going to be starters. Um, and hopefully guys that have higher floors, even though it may limit their ceiling a little bit, you know what you're getting week in and week out to set your lineup. So 
Uh, Chris, speaking of high-end versus mid-tier versus low-end, let's dive into your rankings. So run through kind of who your top 12 are. We'll talk through these QB1s, why you have them where they are, talk about any discrepancies or players that I like more, and then we can uh, get to some of the rest, the QB2s, and then ones after that that you could target in uh, those Superflex leagues as kind of your third QB just in case. Sounds so my my number one quarterback is Josh Allen, number two, Justin Herbert, number three, Patrick Mahomes, number number four, Joe Burrow, number five, Jalen Hurts, number six, Lamar Jackson, uh, number seven is Tom Brady, eight, Russell Wilson, nine, Kyler Murray. Um, I got Aaron Rodgers at ten. Dak Prescott 11 and Matthew Stafford at 12. So those are my QB. Those are my QB ones. Okay, but you could probably separate them in tiers. Um, in terms of Allen, Herbert, Mahomes, I mean those guys are really in- interchangeable uh, for for me. Like any of those guys f- could finish as a QB one. They they're both they're both capable of having just gigantic games, not just with their arms but also their legs. I think that's where Allen separates himself. A little bit from Herbert and Mahomes, like they're all just physical specimens when throwing the football. But Allen is a legitimate part of the Bills' run game as well. So I think that's where there's a little separation there. But all of those guys extremely elite. And then you've got, I'd say, my next like tier of quarterbacks would be Burrow, Hurts, Lamar, Brady, Russ, and Kyler. Um, all guys with tremendous upside. I mean, Kyler, you've got that rushing ability, but I do worry about, you know, the late season injuries. And Arizona, it, to me, is just a complete mess right now. Um, Russell Wilson, his second half struggles, you know, very similar to Kyler, but a new environment with a lot of weapons. I know the loss of Tim Patrick is, it, it, it sucks, but um, he's still got a lot going on there. And, you know, if you're in the AFC West this year, you're, you're probably you're probably playing in some shootouts. So Russ, Herbert, Mahomes, all guys that are that are in my, my QB1 territory, mostly because um, because of the AFC West. And I don't have Derek Carr too far behind either. Uh, Tom Brady, I mean, I know he's on the older side, but he's statistically he's coming off the best best season of uh, best season of his career. Um, Mike Evans is back, and Chris Godwin will be will be back soon. You brought in Julio, who I'm not a huge fan of fantasy wise, but that just gives Brady another option. Russell Gage will be good, so I don't really see Brady slowing down. Um, and then this Lamar Hurts and Burrow. I mean, you've got tremendous upside there. Lamar and Hurts because of their rushing ability. I do think Hurts takes a big step forward this year, especially with AJ Brown coming in. I just Lamar he's got such a solid floor because of his rushing ability but I don't know I don't think he's going to be I don't think he has the upside that people think he has this year I do think uh, Baltimore will go back run heavy which could be good for Lamar but I think they're going to be rotating a lot between Lamar and their running backs Mark Andrews will be Will be outstanding as always, but I am worried about these these Raven receive receivers and who Lamar is going to be throwing to, and Joe Burrow. They've revamped the offensive line. I'm not too worried about the appendix, um, but he's got arguably the best um, 
best receiver uh, receiver group in in the league with Higgins, Chase, and uh, and Tyler Boyd. The old line is is practically brand new, which which I'm really excited about. And Joe Mixon is is a phenomenal receiving back. So those that that's kind of my next tier, and the final tier really includes Dak Prescott, Aaron Rodgers, and Matthew Stafford. Uh, Rodgers, the two-time uh, reigning NFL MVP. So it's really out of respect for him. I know Adams is gone, and that's why he's a little bit lower on my list, but we're talking about Aaron Rodgers here. He's going to find a way to get it done, specifically through Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, I believe. Um, Dak Prescott, he's kind of towards the end of my QB1s just because I think Dallas will, will be passing a little bit more, and there are reports that Dak will be is more comfortable running again, which I think is great for fantasy. And Matt Stafford, I know there are concerns about the the elbow, but I'm not super concerned. And I think LA will continue to run a, a pass heavy offense, um, especially with the recent uh, news about Cam Akers and, and Daryl Henderson, both a little bit banged up. But I think Stafford's going to run it back and still be very strong. Um, those are my QB ones. Yeah, and I think this is a good place to point out kind of the difference in in best ball stuff where I don't mind pushing guys like Herbert and Mahomes and Burrow up a little bit. Tom Brady's higher than I have in, say, my best ball rankings because I'm I'm willing in best ball to kind of take the risk on a guy like Jalen Hurts or Trey Lance or Kyler Murray, again, you know, as my QB1 right now because – I can take that risk in best ball knowing I'm going to have another quarterback that if those guys flame out, um, I've got another option. But especially if we're talking super flex and let's say, you know, Trey Lance just isn't it this year or Kyler Murray with all this contract stuff and studying and whatever else has his normal dip at the end of the year. It's really going to hurt you in redraft when you're trying to set your lineup week in and week out. So I, I agree with you in that sense. I'm, I'm not as high on Burrow as most people are this year. I mean, I think I don't want to say we saw his ceiling last year as we got to the end of the year and in the playoffs, but like I don't think we can expect that Joe Burrow and that performance from the offense week in and week out consistently. We we saw top end Joe Burrow there potentially, and so that worries me that I'm, you know, recency bias pushing Burrow up to what was just a tremendous run. And don't get me wrong, he has that ceiling, but when I'm looking at redraft, I want the consistency that I think Jalen Hurts and Lamar have shown, like you mentioned, with the rushing ability to be able to give you. Um, I can understand Brady being up there, Russell Wilson. I would probably have Dak Prescott higher. I know he's a Cowboys quarterback, and usually you can't say this, but I do think he's a little bit underrated and has good weapons around him. Usually their quarterbacks are overrated, but I think Dak is, is overlooked a little bit. And then again, I, I don't mind the floor at all with guys like Aaron Rodgers and Matthew Stafford. I mean, you just you know what you're going to get week in and week out. You don't have any question, especially in a super flex league, if those two guys are going to. Be yeah, in your I think lineup. if you're if you're looking to attack quarterback early, Allen Herbert and Mahomes are your guys. If you want to take a quarterback in rounds three or four, if you're looking for those high high upside plates, I'd say Kyler, Russ, and Burrow are some of the guys you'll. Uh, you're looking at um hertz and lamar are kind of both floor and upside because because of their rushing ability and they 
you know, they're pure passers of the ball. I think Bra- uh, Roger Stafford, Brady, like you said, get uh, also give you that floor. So I think it's a good mix of of floor and and upside guys in your in your QB one territory. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm with you there. So up walk us through then your next twelve and thought process. So looking at the list, got some names to talk about and maybe why they're up here as opposed to guys that are, you know, twenty five and beyond. So go ahead, run through these and maybe give us some reasoning as to uh, you know, why these guys are where they are. Yeah, so I'll just run through the rankings quickly. Um so I QB 13, I have Trey Lance. At QB 14, I have Derek Carr. At QB 15, I have Kirk Cousins. At QB 16, I have Tua Tagovailoa. At 17, Jameis Winston. 18, Marcus Mariota. 19, Jared Goff. 20, Matt Ryan. 21, Baker Mayfield. 22, Davis Mills. 23, Jared Goff. And 24, Trevor Lawrence. And that rounds out my my QB twos. Um, but really, there to me, there's a gigantic gap between... Af- really after uh, Kirk Cousins. So Lance Carr and Cousins are really in a category of their own to me. Like Lance is, if you're looking for upside, Lance is your guy. Like this year, there's cannon of an arm, rushing ability. He's going to be involved in the run game for San Francisco. I personally think he's going to be San Francisco's goal line, like goal line play um, as well, which is always really valuable. But I think Lance Carr and Cousins are kind of in their own their own category when it comes to the QB2s. They're more like low-end QB1s. Like you can still start them weekly um, if you if you want to wait on quarterback. Carr with Devontae Adams, that like he's he's about to blow up statistically. Like Derek Carr could be the last year's Matthew Stafford, in my opinion, with the with the weapons he has around him. I mean Adams just makes a huge difference. And then Kirk Cousins, he provides that safe floor and I'm high on Minnesota this year. And their defense is straight trash as well. So um, I think Cousins will be throwing a lot this year. Jefferson, Thielen, KJ Osborne, Dalvin Cook, Irv Smith, all guys that, that can be reliable. But then after that, I mean, there, there's a lot of question marks. So, like, I've got Tua, and Tua's kind of in between. Like, he's not in the Cousins, Car Lance category, but he's not necessarily in the Jameis Mariota care category either. He's on his own, really on his own, mostly because we don't know what to expect. He's got all these weapons, but we haven't seen enough from Tua fantasy-wise to make him, you know, trust him 100%. But the upside is there with Tua. Um, I don't think you have necessarily have as much rushing upside as some of is like a Lance or a Lamar or Hurts but I do think that exists Um, and then after that like I like the Saints overall this year Um, I think Jameis Jameis started really strong last year before he tore his ACL so I'm I'm hoping a reemergence of Michael Thomas he is alive he's confirmed he is at practice um, and Chris Olave is, is outstanding. The signing of Jarvis Landry and Kamara, prop, maybe a top three receiving back in the entire league. I think Jameis will have a strong year as long as he stays healthy. And I'm still a l- kind of bullish on Atlanta and their offense. It's like Mariota's rushing, rushing ability. Like you will get a floor from that. And they have no real starting running back. I mean, Cordero, Cordell Patterson, he's an offensive weapon. He's not a running back. He's not a receiver. He's an offensive weapon. So I think Mariota will be heavily involved in the rushing game as well. And then these other guys after Jameis and Mariota, 
Goff, Ryan, Baker, Mills, um, Lawrence. Like, I think all these guys provide stable stable floors. Like, if you're just looking for consistency, um, they, they can provide it for you as, as a QB2 or even a QB3. Um, there's not... Like, Lance, Carr, Cousins, Tua, Jameis, and Mariota are all guys... And maybe, maybe Goff are all guys I would be comfortable having as my QB2, but anything after that, I'm getting concerned about my second option. Yeah, I, I like the the first part of this, and we talked about a little bit in you know my best ball rankings as well, is basically from about Aaron Rodgers down to Kirk Cousins, right? So QB 10 through 15. I mean flip a coin on who ends up having the better season, depending on which way the ball bounces, which way injuries go within these offenses on the offensive lines. So I've got no issue there. I do agree with you because of situation more so than anything that two is probably in between those two groups of, you know, I don't feel great about Jameis. I think there's risk there. Uh, Marcus Mariota, um, as I still think he's going to yeah, be the starter for the full year there, but there is the possibility that, that Ritter comes in or there's an injury, something along those lines. I, I like Jared Goff. I think I've been okay tanking shots on Goff, especially as my QB2. I would feel pretty comfortable with him. Matt Ryan, I'm a big fan of as well. I mean, again, it's these guys where I think we're, we know yeah. what they are, right? Even though there are new weapons around golf, which is a good thing. And then Matt Ryan's entering a new offense. You can't tell me that the offense he's moving into is any worse than the situation he was in in Atlanta last year once Ridley left. So I'm comfortable there. And then, like you said, as you look at, say, Baker, Davis Mills, it, it starts to get a little uncomfortable because you're less sure what you're getting. Uh, I can understand lumping Trevor Lawrence in there as well, which, again, with best ball, I have Lawrence higher, but part of that is because like I'm I'm willing to take a risk that he reaches his potential with a new coaching staff and all that kind of stuff. And it may not be a risk you want to take in best ball, given the fact that Christian Kirk is his number one option and Evan Ingram is at tight end for him. And we just don't know what this offense is gonna look like with a new staff second coaching staff in his second year um you know it's not a great situation to be in so i can understand trevor being a little bit lower along with say a davis mills similar situation just not being really sure what you're going to get week in and week out yeah you you know what you're getting from golf and ryan like you said and i matt ryan kind of has some sneaky upside as as well in the colts offense i mean this will be this will probably be the best offensive line he's ever played for um and we've seen you know we've seen in the past matt ryan has been able to uh to give quality receivers you know wide receiver one status so matt ryan is kind of a sneaky play as well i in super flex i'd i'd love to get either golfer matt ryan uh as my qb3 that i think that's like best case scenario if you got one of those guys as your qb3 but these other guys i think We've got some upside with Trevor Lawrence just because hopefully this is this is a fresh start and he has he's got a bunch of bodies around him now. Are they actually good bodies? Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, like we'll see. But Jags are investing around him, investing around him, and I am really excited to see him and Travis Etienne get back to work. So, but we'll see. I mean, we're still talking about Jacksonville here.
<laughs> yeah, and to, to touch on Matt Ryan and golf one more time, it's like, I, you know, I've seen golf support Cooper Cup and Robert Woods as wide receiver one and two before. I've seen Matt Ryan win an MVP award, and I'm not saying they're going to do that this year, but I wouldn't be worried about drafting those guys this year where I've never seen Mariota or Winston or Tua do those things. Even, you know, Kirk and Derek Carr, I guess Kirk with Thielen and Jefferson, I could argue Carr, we haven't seen it, but we know his weapons are much improved. So if I have the opportunity to take, you know, more wide receivers or running backs rather than taking a Carr, Cousins, Tua, Jameis, and Marcus Mariota, and I can wait on a Goff and Matt Ryan in drafts, I would much rather do that. Now, it depends on your league, how ADP works out, or auction style. Um, but I've got no issue waiting just because of the opportunity cost of yeah. getting better skill Yeah, position. if you're going to attack this group of, of quarterbacks, um, you want to attack Lance Carr and Cousins if you're going to wait. Like you don't want to, you really don't want to end up with two of like Jameis and Matt Ryan. Like yeah, you don't want to end up with that. You want to end up with one of those low end quarterback ones like Lance Carr or Cousins, and then take stability guy a little bit later. Yeah. So then, kind of talk to me about the next two guys here specifically, um, because I think one of them is a guy we could mention in the maybe golf Ryan Baker Mayfield uh, breath. And so I'm curious with Ryan Tannehill right outside of the top 24. Um, you know, what's the reason for the drop there? Is it the weapons or lack thereof? The run heavy offense combination of all of it. Um, cause that, that's probably a little lower than most people are consensus oh, yeah, I, on Ryan Tannehill. I mean, the loss of AJ Brown is going to be, I mean, that's a huge loss. He, he just doesn't have, Tannehill doesn't have the, the number one option that he's had in, in years past. You know, AJ Brown is a creator. Um, and I just, I don't see, I don't see Tennessee functioning as well without him as an offense. Um, I know they play Jacksonville and Houston twice a year, but we saw it was ugly last year with Tannehill. Like, really, really ugly. Um, That was even before Derrick Henry went down. So I'm just run-heavy offense. I think you can, like, I'd rather take Zach Wilson or Justin Fields instead. Like, if I'm waiting on quarterback that long, I'd rather take take those guys because, I know what I'm we know what the ceiling is with Tannehill and it's friend like the ceiling with him is like top 14 quarterback it's not really worth necessarily looking looking into for for me and I think Henry's going to get a boatload of carries and I do think he's going to split sometime as well so I think Tennessee will be running quite a bit but when they're not I just don't think Tannehill's going to be that efficient with with the weapons that he has around him Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. I'd agree with that. And then I am curious. So let's say we're in a super flex league. These top 24 guys are gone. You're sitting on the clock and we've got to pick someone lower down on this list. Let's go past Ryan Tannehill as well, since we just talked about him. But is it is it a situation where maybe you're looking to take a risk on one of these rookie quarterbacks or a non-starter that could end up being the starter by the time you have bye weeks for the, your QBs? Or are you once again with your third QB kind of aiming 
for some sort of floor that you can rely on so that if you have bye weeks or one of your guys goes down with an injury, you know what you're getting with your third QB. So what what would be your approach yeah, for I, people that's to a take really in that scenario? Good question. Um, but I ultimately think I ultimately think it depends what you've done. We're talking super flex, right? Yes, yep. So Superflex looking at your third QB and let's say you've got someone from each tier, right? Like you've you did budget this out that you got a top twelve and a QB two in that range we just talked through from thirteen to twenty four. So you know, I'll let you speak on if you would like to pair, you know, a rushing quarterback with a more stable quarterback like QB1 to QB2. And then if so, what are you looking for in QB3? Or like if you drafted a Matt Stafford and a Kirk Cousins, would you be more likely to take a risk on a Justin Fields or a Daniel Jones later because your top two quarterbacks are safer? Um, so, like, what's the strategy there depending on who your QBs are? Let's say, like, let's say you get two QB1s, like from my list. Like, let's say you go Allen one overall and then you get Dak Prescott later. Then I think you're, you definitely need a third quarterback. So you're really just, you're, at that point, you're really just looking for a guy that you know you can fill in for during the bye week. A guy that you know is going to start every year, and it does kind of kill me to say, it, but Mac Jones is that could be that guy. Like if you go Q, QB heavy really early and get two QB ones, Mac Jones is a guy that that could be a nice fill in. In turn, if you wait longer, like let's say, let's say you do what I did and I take Lance and Cousins. Um, Wait. If you're looking for a third guy, I'd probably want to go you know, with more upside play because I know I'm getting the stability from Hertz or excuse me, Cousins. Um, but I do I want one of my you know go big or go home guys to hit. Um, so at that point, I'm looking. If I have Lance, I'm looking at Zach Wilson. I'm looking at Justin Fields, even though Chicago is is probably dreadful this year. Um, Kenny Pickett is he. I think Kenny Pickett is now going to be the fir- probably the first quarterback to rookie quarterback to start this year. I'm I'm not convinced Ritter starting or any of other of these these rookie quarterbacks. Maybe Sam Howell. I mean Carson Wentz is is terrible as well. So Sam Howell's a guy. Um, definitely not to draft, but I mean I'm not drafting anyone from Washington, but a guy to keep an eye on. Um, so if you're if you've got two elite quarterbacks, I'd say go after Mac Jones late. But if you've got like Lance Cousins, or um, I would say uh, Justin Fields or Zach Wilson are, are strong plays as well. Yeah, I think those are those are pretty good points of seeing where your upside is, and maybe you want a floor play with your th- third QB, or like you mentioned, if you've got safer plays that are going to be reliable, you could risk it with you know a Justin Fields and you know hopefully he's got the we know he has the rushing ability but like you said what is that offense going to look like new coaching staff not a whole lot of weapons around him um, but a guy that just because of athletic ability does have some upside even though there's risk with it so and I love the uh, Sam Howell shout out I think on our NFC East show that was one of my hot takes he will be the starter by the end of the year I'm going to stick to it not drafting him anywhere, maybe dynasty leagues real late, but um, funny, funny to see that come back around with with a Sam Howell. A lot, of, a lot of a lot of people Chris, like Daniel Jones as well what? for for high upside. I hate it. 
I personally I hate Daniel Daniel Jones. Like I, he's got rushing. Like if you're looking for a high upside play, like this is not something I'm doing ever. It's really more of a dart throw for me. But I know a lot of people like Daniel Jones, um, for an upside play. But if you ask me, <laughs> you mentioned it before. Like um, if you're looking for quarterbacks that may be starting this year, like I think, like I'm this may end up really poorly but i do think tyrod ends up starting at some point this year tyrod taylor and he's already getting first some first team reps in uh in camp so i just i think it's happening because he's already familiar with dable's system so i think this is the beginning of the end for daniel jones yeah daniel jones is a weird one where i i legitimately feel like there's a 33 percent chance that he plays really well. Barkley plays really well. This new offense, they're, the new coaching staff re-energizes the team, and it's a great pick. I think there's a 33% chance we just see what we've seen from Daniel Jones, which is just mediocre to below average quarterback play, but they don't make a change. And I also think there's a 33% chance that you know Tyrod Taylor takes over just because the coaching staff is like, all right, we've seen what we need to see. Let's get Taylor in there, try out some young guys at wide receiver with Tony and Robinson and see what we have. And then let's start planning for 2023. Right. Um, So definitely going to be interesting to watch. If you really like risk, go for it. Um, But probably not one I'm pulling the trigger on a lot either. Yeah. What else? What else you got here on any of these last kind of twelve to fifteen guys as far as taking shots? If nothing, then we can uh, we can dive into to some hot yeah, takes before uh, we let the people go. I'm not drafting Deshaun Watson at, in any of my redraft leagues this year. Um, if you want to pair Jacoby Brissett and Deshaun Watson, that's that's up to you. But I'm not wasting, especially in three quarterback league or even super flex leagues. I'm not wasting that many roster spots on the dumpster fire that is the Cleveland Browns this year. Um, Kenny Pickett probably will start this year, but I am I am still kind of bullish on Mitch Trubisky. Like, I don't don't think he's that don't think he's that bad. T- tell me the difference tell me the difference between Mitch Trubisky and Daniel Jones. Anyway. The organization. I mean, Pittsburgh is a well-oiled machine and the Giants are a disaster and Trubisky has yeah, legitimate so, weapons as well like Deontay Johnson and George Pickens is coming on but I mean Daniel Jones has Najee in the yeah I mean Najee Daniel Jones has that. weapons but none of them stay healthy like Kenny Galladay that's maybe the worst wide re- that contract is going to turn turn out to be worse than the Christian Kirk contract the Kenny Galladay contract um but none of these guys can stay healthy. Holiday well, can't stay healthy. Shepard can't stay healthy. Yeah. Barkley can't stay healthy. Um, Kadarius Tony, like everyone, everyone is telling me, oh, he has so much upside. This is based off of one game where he had ten catches for 180 yards. But besides that, he's been completely worthless. So I get that's that's the upside with Tony, but he does not. Jones does not have the weapons. And his decision making is just horrendous as well. Yeah, no, and I agree with you to have Trubisky higher than Daniel Jones. I think, judging by ADP though, like Daniel Jones is going well above Mitch Trubisky. And again, when I look at, okay, yeah, these guys were both pretty highly drafted. Uh, they both have played pretty poorly for the beginning of their careers. 
It's just Trubisky now has a second opportunity after being in Buffalo and, like you said, has better weapons than Daniel Jones has. So going to be really interesting to kind of watch those two and see if they both improve this year or if they head in opposite directions. I think I've been a little bit more of a proponent of Mitch Trubisky than I have been for Daniel Jones, all because of the reasons you laid out of. I don't see that big of a difference in them as players, and I think Mitch is in a better situation. The only other guy I would really look at is Desmond Ritter. If you're looking for a guy that could start, um, could start this year. I I think in terms of fantasy production, I don't think there will be much of a drop-off, whether it's Mariota or or Ritter this year, because they both provide... Um, that rushing floor that that everyone that everyone covets. So, I think that's something to keep an eye on. I am not drafting any Seattle quarterbacks, Geno or Drew Locke. Like, don't don't even bother. Like, you're just going to get a headache watching them play football this year, or what's supposed to be football. Um, and if anything ever happened, if anything ever happened to Jameis, I don't. Andy Dalton is is the backup. It was an interesting play. Um, and if he goes down, well, I guess it's Taysom Hill time again. But I think we're back to you can start Taysom Hill in the tight end spot this year again. So, yeah, baby. But don't, don't but, draft Taysom but Hill. But don't. But uh, I, I, I do like the point of Marcus Martin and Desmond Ritter where I would, I would probably agree with you that there wouldn't be – there's not a huge difference between those two players in terms of fantasy production week in and week out. Even with Red Ritter being a rookie, uh, I just – he does have a floor with his legs, kind of like Mariota does. I don't know if it would be a huge drop-off, so that is, that is an interesting thing to point out. Um, but outside of that, Chris, let's, uh, let's get to some hot takes here. I know we've had some hot takes, some hot takes involving quarterbacks. Uh, but let's see what we can come up with for the people today. You have any as you've been going through your your standings here? I mean, I think Mariota's high for you. Davis Mills uh, being in there at twenty two is is a high as well. Um, so yeah, I am going to stick with Mariota. Um, just here. Why don't you go? Because I'm count. I'm counting right now. Yeah. Um, So I I will piggyback on a take of mine that we brought up and one that we have discussed before. But I'm going to say on this one, again, it may or may not be fantasy relevant by the end of the year. Maybe in Superflex leagues it could be. Uh, But I do think Sam Howell, the way things are going, I think he's going to start more games, start more games, maybe not play in, but start more games than any of the other rookie quarterbacks. Uh, You know, I think you could see Malik Willis and spells kind of like Trey Lance was used. If they want to get creative with that offense in the backfield, I think you could see Ritter come in and take some snaps and do some things as well in the red zone. Um, But I think Sam Howell will start more games than any other rookie quarterback. Okay. Um, Marcus Mariota will be top five for quarterbacks in rushing yards and rushing touchdowns this year. Whoa, that's what you were counting out, huh? Top five. Allen, Hurts, Lamar. Lance. I'd put Trey Lance the, the, in there. The, the, Is the that five, where you're going? They're, Mariota they're really, would be five? Yes. Mo- I think that's your five. 
I think it, I, I cut think out Kyler. Lamar is the one that I think Lamar will have more rushing yards than Kyler, but I think Kyler will run for more touchdowns than Lamar. Interesting, and he'll be Mariota will be top five in both, and ahead of yes. one of but those guys Allen, in each of those categories. Gotcha. Or a- Allen gotcha. in yards as well. Allen in yards could drop, but he'll run for he'll run for a bunch of touchdowns. And Hertz is Hertz is Hertz will be a monster, and Lance will be, also be yeah. a monster. Lance could have eight rushing touchdowns this year, just as the goal line guy. Love it. Love to hear that. I mean, there's there's some Hurts, there's some Cam Newton. Like that's that, those are kind of the parallels I draw with with those three guys a little bit. As far as the red zone presence goes, is it, it's a big body guy that's hard to bring down and quick, athletic. Lance has a cannon. Kind of All right, I don't I don't hate the Mario. That too, I'm excited. Trey Lance season. I've been yelling it all spring and summer, and I think we're trying. We're we're starting to get around there, and and I'm I'm fired up for it. So, Chris, like the QB rankings, it was good to talk through kind of the difference between the redraft and the best ball. Obviously, there's a big difference when we went through dynasty rankings and where these guys fall, factoring in age. But kind of again, knowing league settings, knowing your strategy going in. You mentioned tiers a couple of times. I also think that's really important. We talked about it in our auction show in our last episode, so go listen to that as well. Um, but otherwise, we can be found at QC underscore fantasy on Twitter and Instagram. Chris, it's been real. We'll see you in the next episode. Rankings look good. Running backs is always the fun one. Like that's the one where people can. Yeah, I got. You can really move guys up and down a lot. Like wide receivers, I've got to update my running backs. They're all over the place right now.